mighty God who scatters the proud and fills the hungry. By your Holy Spirit, let your word leap in us and bring to our yearning the joy that comes with new beginnings and renewed life. Amen. Our scripture this morning is from the first chapter of Luke, starting at the 26th verse. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of God, the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now... Your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud to the, in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Wherever you have gone this week, it's likely that most everybody has asked you the same question. You ready for Christmas? Since Thanksgiving, we've been in the season of Advent. Advent means coming or arrival. Uh, during the season of Advent, we celebrate Christ coming into the world and we watch with expectant hope for his coming again. And today, here on the last Sunday of Advent, we are almost ready to celebrate the most remarkable birth in a most humble setting. But you can't have a birth without a mama. Many of us who were raised in the Protestant tradition are just, we're kind of uncomfortable with Mary. We've gotten used to the idea that Joseph, the disciples, Paul, and even Jesus were Jewish. But a lot of people are convinced that somehow Mary was Catholic. We Protestants are uncomfortable because there are some traditions that worship Mary as pure and perfect and almost <coughs> divine. One writer describes a scene in heaven in which Jesus is showing around some newcomers, some Presbyterians maybe. And he says, you know, I think you know my father, but I'm not sure you've met my mother. You see, in the first chapter of Luke, we meet the mother of Jesus, Mary. In the Gospel of Luke, the very first thing we learn about Mary is that the angel Gabriel visits her. Many times in the Bible, the first thing an angel says is, be not afraid. Now, if you read all those stories where angels visit, if an angel visits you, you better be afraid because something big is going to happen. I heard one preacher said, uh, God is always good. God is good, but God is not safe. And those angel visits are often uh, announcements of something not safe. But he didn't say, be not afraid. He said, hail Mary, full of grace. And now, of course, the Latin for Hail Mary is Ave Maria, and that's how we know that musically. What about that phrase, full of grace? One writer said that Mary had not won some contest or somehow merited the honor she was chosen for. God did not choose Mary, and God does not choose us because we're somehow good enough. God does not choose the qualified. God qualifies the chosen. God chooses for reasons known only to God. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's, it's the choice. It's the choice that God makes that confers the favor, the honor. If you think about it, you know that just about any old God could take somebody really, really good, exceptionally good people, and make something good out of them. But God can make extraordinary out of something ordinary. God can take a nowhere and make it a somewhere. Back then, Nazareth was a nowhere. To be called a Nazarene was to be called a reject. 
God can take a nowhere and make it a somewhere special. And God can take a nobody and make them somebody special. In Old Testament days, God made prophets out of ordinary men of Israel. And God takes folks as plain as you and me to carry his good news message today. So finding favor with God is not some blue ribbon at state fair, some merited award. It's an empowerment. When Mary gets the good news from Gabriel, what does she do? Well, in response to Gabriel's announcement, she has several reactions. She doesn't say, oh, Gabe, I've heard so much about you, and I'm just so glad to meet you. No, she's troubled. Luke says she was much perplexed by his words and pondered. What kind of greeting is this? And then Gabriel tells her, then he tells her not to be afraid, and he tells her that the baby is to be named Jesus, which is Greek form of the word, <coughs> excuse me, Joshua, which means he will save. Mary's second response is practical. I don't have a husband. I've not been with a man. I'm a virgin. How can this be? Well, there are practical details and Gabriel responds by telling Mary about her cousin, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age has conceived, this is the sixth month, for nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, here am I, servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. And the angel departed. Well, Mary didn't sit around or start decorating the nursery. She gets up and acts on the news from the angel. She walks 70 miles or so, a journey of several days to see her cousin Elizabeth. And after they talk, she sings a song of rejoicing. Have you ever had news that was just so happy you burst into song? When colleges and our children Letters of acceptance. The folks at our house did a little happy dance, you know, <laughs> and cheer. You've seen the ball games, especially the college games, where the where the fans burst into song, song the team fight song or whatever after a big score. Mary knew stories of happy women singing. The mother of the prophet Samuel, that is Hannah sang a song that was part of the Hebrew scripture that Mary already knew. You remember that story, Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. He loved Hannah dearly, but she had no children, and the other wife, she lowered it over. I got children and you don't. Making her life miserable. So Hannah went to the temple and she prayed and the old priest Eli saw her lips moving as she was praying. He thought she was drunk. He got all over her case. How long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine, he told her. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I'm a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've been pouring my hand out my soul before the Lord, do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For I have been speaking out of great anxiety and vexation all this time. So Eli kind of backed up and made amends. He, 
he gave her a blessing, expressing hope that God would answer her prayers. And God did. Hannah's song begins, My heart exalts in the Lord, my strength is exalted in my God, my mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord. No one beside you. There's no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not your arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who wear uh, who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. So that was Hannah's song, a song about reversal of fortune, a song that Mary knew, a song some people have speculated that she may have been riffing on in that moment of joy. Mary's song is also called the Magnificat because Magnificat is the first word in the, of that scripture in Latin. Mary's song says things about God, that God is just, God is kind, God cares for people, especially the least among us. Mary starts with herself, praising God for what the Lord has done in her life. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all will call me blessed. Then Mary's song shifts to others. His mercy on those who, is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. Fill the hungry with good things. Helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promises he made our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants. Well, compared to the power, the powerful people of that time, these three women, Hannah, Elizabeth, and Mary, in the status line of that time, they, they would not have made times 100 most influential people in Israel those days. They would not have been, their weddings would not have been on the society page of the Jerusalem Times or whatever. They were kind of nobodies compared to the powerful, the rich in that time. But God's used each of them in a mighty way. So where are we in this song? Are we the proud or are we the lowly? Mary's song is a revolutionary song about what God is going to do. What makes this a special song, a rebel song? 
three revolutions. The 51st verse there says, he has shown strength with his arm, scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. That's a moral revolution. When we compare ourselves to Christ, every one of us comes up short. Our pride would be a form of idolatry, you might say. The 52nd verse said he's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. That's a social revolution. Death to labels, to classes, to artificial divisions. The world says, if you are poor, you do not matter. But the Bible tells us that each of us matters to God. One message of Mary's songs is, from now on, don't call anybody worthless. Anybody for whom Christ has died. The 53rd verse says he's filled the hungry with good things, sent the rich away empty. That's an economic revolution. It is, that is, if we acquire in order to share rather than just to hoard for ourselves alone. Christ did not come and leave us or the world unchanged. He brought moral, social, and economic revolution. Jesus did not come as a king born of a princess, but as the son of a carpenter and a humble Jewish girl named Mary. Mary's song leaves us with questions to ponder. How is it that we, like Mary, sing about the wonderful things God has done for us? If you think about it, we have so very much to be grateful for. And each of us can also sing that God has done good things for me. How do our lives declare God's greatness as Mary did? How do we show our faith that nothing is impossible with God? When we are as perplexed as Mary, are we ready to commit ourselves to God's work in this world where people in need of the light still sit in darkness? Are we ready to say as Mary did, here am I, a servant of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May God help us to remember Mary's song and not seek security and pride and power and possessions. Oh Lord, keep us from passing by those considered lowly in this world. Make us attend to hungry people who still wait to be filled. Help us to work for the justice you intend and make us messengers of the peace you bring. Lord, turn our apathy into acts of love and service. May the God of justice be your path, the Lord of mercy be your guide, and the spirit of love be your light this day and forevermore. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us.